This message is a product of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. We thank you for engaging this conversation. Messages like this one are great resources to help us grow, but they cannot replace being a part of a local church. If you're not actively a part of a church, we encourage you to find one near you that fits you, visit it, and get involved. And we hope this message gives life to you today. Enjoy. Well, welcome to Church Online Church. So good to have you with us today. I just want you to take a moment, look around the room, wherever you are. There's probably somebody around you. Just give them a hug. Take a moment, just walk over there. Give somebody a love on somebody. We're not getting enough love these days. We got, we're not even able to go out and give people handshakes, but the people you're around, you can give them some love. So let's love on some people this morning because we need that. We need to remember in this season that though we may be socially distancing, that doesn't mean that we need to create relational distance with the people we love. All right, so we need to lean into this season, love on this season, enjoy the gift that's in this season. One of those is that we get to do church in our pajamas today. Some of y'all still in your pajamas this morning. Some of y'all already late coming into church online. Can't even get to church online, okay? All right, we're going to have some fun this morning. I believe God has given us a message in this season that we're in now called this series that we're in called crowns when we're so thankful uh for for what god's been teaching us for the past few weeks i just want to go ahead and jump in to the scripture that we've anchored this message series in first corinthians 9 verse 24 do you not know that in a race all the runners run but only one gets the prize run in such a way to get the prize. Now, it's important to understand that every one of us is in a race. You're running, I'm running a race. And there's a prize that we're running for. And the Apostle Paul, as he's writing the church in Corinth, is kind of entrusting us with a a nugget of truth that's very important, that we can run this race. We can run the race that we're in in such a way that we could not get a prize Or, as he goes on in this passage, he begins to point us to a very simple reality. Look at this next verse. See, everyone who competes in the game goes into strict training. 1 Corinthians 9.25. Everyone who runs this race goes into strict training. He's kind of referencing a race that the people in Corinth knew. This is kind of like the Olympics. I mean, these people would gather and they would run together. They would, they would actually train for years for one big event. It was a lot like the Olympics. You know, there's a lot of talk right now with, with what we're dealing with in this season of whether the Olympics this summer are going to be proposed uh, are going to be postponed. Now, uh, just consider this: that there's athletes who have waited their whole life just for this moment. You matter. Imagine how big of a deal it is for them. They, they've waited. Some of them have worked for years. And the Apostle Paul is addressing a group of people that had, they were aware of this, this great kind of training and discipline that someone would put themselves in for a season. So in, he goes on to say this in the next verse. They do it. They go through all that pain, all that discipline. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. We, we do it. So, so they go, they're disciplining. They're running this race 
to get a crown. And we could run this race to get a crown that will not last. Maybe, maybe you're in that season right now. You just step back and you go, you know what? The greatest goal in my life is to try to get something that won't last. But the Apostle Paul pushes us into a reality. No, no, you can run a race. You can be engaged in a pursuit to get something. And he calls it a crown, a crown that will last forever. And then he goes into this. Therefore, I do not run like someone who is running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body. And I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I will not disqualify myself. I myself will not be disqualified from the prize. So important to realize that we could end up missing the very thing that we were created to get. As we open this series, I, I brought this simple reality that we need to kind of always be reminded. And, and I think even more in this season of life when we're dealing with quarantines and all the stuff that's been going on around us, do not run this eternal race trying to get a temporary prize. Do not, don't do that. I mean, right now, maybe, maybe right now, there's a really significant reward in this season for everyone. Maybe there's something good that God has and intends to give you. And maybe this is the season for us to just step back and go, you know what, God? I'm in this eternal, I'm not trying to get a temporary fix. I'm not trying to solve a long-term problem with a temporary solution. God, I just want you. And in this moment, as we run an eternal race, God's got a reward for you right now. And, and I, I think that sometimes we get a little confused about the rewards that God has for us. In Psalm 103, the Bible talks specifically about the rewards that Jesus has purchased for us when he died on the cross. And in the second message in this series, I, I talked about this reality, that when we're completely surrendered to Jesus, we can live in the rewards that he's purchased for us. When our lives are surrendered, we're, we're, we've given up control. We're letting Jesus live us, uh, lead us. When, when we're that person, all right, we can live in the rewards that he has for us. It's important. It's really, really important for us to know that. What are those rewards? The, the, the passage, Psalm 103, 1 through 5, calls it benefits. They're benefits to our relationship with him. So what are those benefits? Let me give you a few things that that passage lists out. Number one is forgiveness. The Bible says that he forgives all our sins. Isn't that good to know that God will forgive you, that God will forgive you? The second one is important. It's important in this season. It goes on to say that he, one of those benefits is he will heal all our diseases. That healing is one of those things. And we need to be reminded that that's not just for our, our physical bodies, but some, some of us need healing emotionally. We're carrying some broken hearts. We're carrying some grief with us throughout life. We're carrying some things that hurt that aren't real good. And we need some, some help and some healing and some restoration in this season. Isn't it good to know that God has promised healing? The next one is redemption. He, he, he says in, in, in that passage, I, he redeemed me from the pit. Right? He'll redeem us from the, the, the I love the word redemption. I mean, just the, the, the term deem means to name or give purpose. So be to redeemed 
To be redeemed means to be renamed and given a new purpose. Isn't it great to know that God will give you a new purpose in life? Amen? All right, the next thing he says is that, that we're crowned with love and tender mercy. We're given authority over sin and death, and we're to reign in this life as sons and daughters of the king with love and mercy, not with judgment and hate. Isn't that a good thing to know today that God's doing it? And then the, the next thing is a promise, that he promised what's the benefit? Satisfaction. He satisfies us with good things. Isn't it, isn't it good to know that God will satisfy you? When we let him become the desire of our heart, he will satisfy us. And then lastly is that he renews us. He renews us. Now, today we're going to talk about what it would take to take this list that's up here and experience a new level in that. Right? If the Bible says in the book of Ephesians that God is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask, dream, or imagine. Right? God can do more. And so we're going to ask that question. What would it take to do to experience more of that? But, but let me give you a preview of what's happening next week. Next week, uh, we're, we're going to end this series by talking about the greatest reward. Man, I, I just think we're, we're, we're putting some things in, in the plans for, for next week, and I believe God's got something special for us. Don't miss Church Online next Sunday. It's going to be awesome. I promise you God's got something special and good for us. But think about that. Think about more, right? I, I think we need to be reminded and kind of directed and how we deal with more. Because sometimes we get we just get a little confused with that. And I, I just the, the, if you're taking notes, this will be the first thing in your, your notes today. I just want to remind you that you'll be tempted to chase the wrong more. You're gonna be tempted in life to chase the wrong more. There there are things that we could identify as pursuits in our hearts and in our lives. Some of those are relational. Some of those are material. But we can pursue them, and they never tend to produce in us what we think they will. See, when you chase the wrong more, you'll never be satisfied. Some of us just need to be reminded of that today. I think there's freedom in learning that in life. That when you chase the wrong more, you'll never be satisfied. Now, I think one of the most prevalent things that is kind of appears in the hearts of people and has throughout history as a wrong more is money. Okay, uh, the the writer of Proverbs is a king, and, and he has a ton of money. All right, so as we deal with Solomon, Solomon gives us a lot of wisdom in, in Proverbs when it comes to how to deal with money. But in the book of Ecclesiastes, also written by Solomon, he said this, whoever loves money never has enough. When we have the wrong more, we'll never be satisfied. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This too is meaningless. So can, if you're taking notes, I'm just going to give you a list of some things I think are the wrong more, all right? Just some things that we commonly pursue. And the first thing on that list is what we just talked about is money, okay? 
Money's one of those things that we can easily target in our lives and we can make it the wrong way. Money is, is kind of, just to, I just want you to hear me say this, money's not bad. Money's morally neutral. The Bible never says that money is evil. It says that the love of money is the root of all evil. And we need to be reminded of that, that sometimes money can be what, what we love and what we pursue. And that's, that's when it gets to be the wrong more. What else can we uh, pursue that's the wrong more? Attention. Attention, a few weeks ago, my daughter got hurt at school. We had to get her and rush her to the emergency room, and we thought she might have broken her foot or a toe, and, and she was bleeding everywhere. It's just gross and nasty. I mean, I'm not really a foot person. That's a whole other uh, message for some of you that are. Um, but but here's, here's the thing. We, we got her, and nothing was broken. Awesome. We cleaned up all the wounds, and we sent her back to school the next day in a, in a walking boot. I picked her up that afternoon, and I, I said, I said, Addie, how you doing? We have three kids. My, my daughter, Addie, is eight. She's in third grade. And I said, Addie, how was school today? And she goes, Dad, today was awesome. And I said, what? It was awesome? Why was today awesome? She said, Dad, I got lots of attention today. <laughs> I think sometimes we're a little bit like an eight-year-old girl. We just want more attention. We just went, that's the wrong more to live for. What's another another more? Sometimes for some of us, it's shoes. All right? So, some of y'all, you'll see a deal on shoes. I'm going to be honest with you. This is me, okay? This is me. I'm the person up here that, that wants more shoes. I can't see a deal on a pair of shoes that I like, and it's just so hard. It's, it takes so much, such discipline to say no to that. And really, that's because for many of us, the wrong more is possessions. All right, it's, it's possessions. It's, it's something that we can have. And, and for some of us, we might say, I collect these. All right, we, we might, it might be, I collect, uh, maybe, maybe it's, it's purses. All right, maybe it's, I say, I collect shoes or sneakers. But really, at times, we need to be honest that the pursuit of, of possessions can take us off course. Another thing that's the wrong more is affection. Affection. In, in many ways, I believe we live in a culture that pursues affection. We, we want people, maybe not physical affection, but we want people to applaud us and to celebrate us. We want to receive the affection of the crowd. And for many of us, it is that next level. It's the interpersonal affection that we want from somebody else. Can I, can I just speak to our current context? What's another wrong more? Security. Security. You know, and all those things that we talked about beforehand, maybe it's money, maybe it's possessions, affection, attention. You know, really, in a lot of those ways, what we're pursuing is we're pursuing security. Some of us have dealt with this recently because right now as... The, the COVID-19 situation has evolved or devolved, however your perspective. Our sense of security has eroded. Can, can I just tell you that if you per, pursue security, if that's the more that you want in life, it'll end up with you pursuing things that never provide you with what you want. As a matter of fact, it'll live or it'll push you to a life that's lived with the motivation of fear. Fear. Fear is ugly. As a matter of fact, 
I just want to remind you of this this morning. Fear has an agenda in your life, and that agenda is a lie. When you encounter fear, I don't mean dismissing the facts. As a matter of fact, Solomon in his writings in Proverbs tells us to heed the facts, to know the facts. We need to understand the facts. But fear has an agenda. And that agenda is a lie. Fear will dismantle your life. It will dismantle your heart. It will dismantle what God's trying to do in you. Think about where we are today. Think about it. Think about where you are. I mean, there's probably some people watching, y'all ain't got enough toilet paper to last you the rest of the day. I mean, think about it. We, you can't go to Walmart or Food Lion, those are our local grocery stores, and get any toilet paper. And you know what's weird? I'm pretty sure people's bathroom habits have not changed. I'm pretty sure that, that there's no fluctuation. I mean, if we can get through stomach bug season and not have a shortage of toilet paper, there probably shouldn't be a shortage of toilet paper right now. What's happened? fear. Fear with a lie. Can I just expose this? And I hope that this brings a little bit of freedom to us today, because some of us need this. This is important. All right, listen to this. What we've bought into is a scarcity mindset, okay, which says that there's only so much of this in the world. And if I don't grab my peace right now, I'll never be taken care of. That is not at all representative of the gospel or the goodness of the God that we serve. Not scarcity. We believe in a God of abundance, the God who says, I will supply all your needs according to my riches in glory. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to run to the door and buy 25 packs of toilet paper. We don't have to do that. Because we believe in a God who said he will supply all of our needs. Some of us need to push against that. Because in, in, in some ways, that's the wrong more pushing us towards a need for security. You know, John the Baptist, who, who's kind of the, the forerunner of Jesus, lived in a time where, where people were pursuing the wrong more all around him, all around him. And, and there were people who were, who were trying to get more wealth, people who were trying to get more possessions, those who were trying to get more power and more attention and more affection. But John the Baptist, the Bible says, was the greatest prophet to ever live. We know archaeologically the evidence suggests that John the Baptist's ministry was not only significant in Israel, but all around the Mediterranean rim. We see evidence of him baptizing people in Greece and in northern Africa. This was a major player in the first century. And you know what he said about Jesus? In John 30, 35, when John the Baptist was facing execution, he said about Jesus, he must become, Jesus must become greater. I must become less. He needs to become greater. He needs all these things that I could pursue, all these things that I could possess, they need to become less, all of me, less, more of Jesus. More of Jesus. Think about that today. 
Think about that posture and owning that in your heart. See, I want you to see, if you're taking notes, the second thing that I would point out today is that the right more is always going to be more Jesus. The right more is always going to be more Jesus. See, some of us get a little confused about more, right? I get it. It's a tricky subject. It's a tricky subject. And oftentimes what we do is we look at good things, good things that are holy and created by God, and we say, how can I get more of that? How can I get more money? It's the wrong question. How can I get more attention? It's the wrong question. How can I get more possessions? It's the wrong question. How can I get more affection? It's the wrong question. And in this season, some of y'all have been asking, how can I feel more secure? It's the wrong question. If you ask the wrong question, you will always get the wrong answer. What we should be asking is reflected in the nature of what John the Baptist said. We need you know what? I need to become greater. He needs to become less. How can I get more Jesus? Because whatever you need, whatever you need, it starts with Jesus. It starts with whatever you need. It starts with Jesus. So for example, like some of us in this season, we've struggled with anxiety. We've struggled with fear and we just want peace. And we'll say, what can I do to get more peace? What can I do to get more peace? I know I want more peace. I want to feel more at peace. And you know what we do? We address our circumstances. Well, I would feel a little bit more peaceful if I knew we had enough food to last for two weeks. Okay? I would feel a little bit more at peace if I knew we had enough toilet paper to last for a month. I would feel a little bit more. And we address our circumstances but we never feel at peace because we're pursuing the wrong thing. Look what Philippians 4.19 says. And this same God who takes care of me, now the, the Apostle Paul is in prison, saying God's taking care of me. It's a bad situation. And though some of us might be in some difficult situations right now, we're, we're most likely not in the center cell of a Roman prison like the Apostle Paul was when he wrote this. As the, the same God who takes care of me, will supply all your needs, all of your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. This is where they came from. It was given to us in Jesus, and this is where we pursue. When we pursue Jesus, we're pursuing what we need. And some of us just need to be reminded of that today. We pursue Jesus, and it gets us closer to what we need. So what I would like to do is, as we do believe that God is a God who wants to do infinitely more than we could ever ask, dream, or imagine, how do we level up our experience in his rewards? How do we do it? Think about that. What I want to do is I want to take you to a, a few stories that Jesus taught through. And I would love to point out just, just three simple things that we can take away that will help us level up our experience with the rewards that God has for us, okay? The first one is going to come out of Matthew 25. Jesus is teaching in Matthew 25, and, and he's telling a parable. 
This parable, we've come to know it as the, the parable of the talents. And in this parable, there, there's a master who has servants. Uh, we, we can think of this as a boss with employees. And, and he's going to go out of town on a trip. And, and it's probably going to be a fairly long trip. And so what he does is he brings three employees and he says, I'm going to give you some resources so that while I'm gone, you can manage my resources. So he takes the three. He gives one, one talent. The second one, he gives them two talents. And the third one, he gives them five talents. Okay. And he gives them that. Now, talent didn't mean like they can sing a guitar and it didn't mean, it didn't mean any of that. What, what it meant was not that you can sing a guitar. You can play a guitar and sing. I'm sorry. That's a little bit, that's a little bit off right there. All right. But, but what he was saying, he was, a talent literally referenced a weight. So this would have been a measure of gold or silver. This was a lot of money. Okay. A lot of money. And so what happened is that they were given charge over these resources. And after he was gone, he came back and he called them together. And the one who had two was able to come back to him and say, here, here's what I've done with it. it it's doubled. The one who had five came back and was able to say, here, look what I've done. It's doubled. And this is what the master said. The master was full of praise and then responded, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Let's celebrate together. So the first thing that I want you to see, if we're going to level up our experience and the rewards that God has for us, we need to, number one, be faithful where you are. Be faithful where you are. See, a lot of us want to be faithful where we want to go. We want to be faithful in the next season. We want to be faithful in the harvest. We want to be faithful when we're growing. We want to be faithful in the promotion. But if you want to grow, if you want to level up, be faithful where you are. See, sometimes we need to realize that your little is the gateway to your more. Your little is the gateway to your more. See, these guys were given retrospectively what was a little compared to what they had the potential in having afterwards. Their little was the gateway to their more. They managed the little well. You know what they did? Man, this is so smart. This is so smart. The, the, the first one who was given one talent actually hid it. Okay, that was not smart. We're going to find out later that the master was not happy with him. But the one who was given two talents, the Bible says, as Jesus tells that parable, he used those two talents to go to work. We might think of it as, you know what? He opened a small business. He used the opportunity to receive an investment and invest in an opportunity to work. And he went to work and he made, instead of two, he was able to bring back four to the master. The one who was given five invested. He invest, He started to invest. And then he started, when the master came home, he was able to bring in the return. And he brought, instead of five, brought 10. They doubled the master's investment in them. One went to work. One invested. Think about this. I see something about faithfulness in those two. Faithfulness requires work. I'd write that down if you're taking notes today. Faithfulness requires work. I think there's some of us there's some of us who just think, you know, well, that person is just naturally 
faithful. They're good with that. They're real loyal. They're caring. They're loving. It's just easy for them. No. Faithfulness requires work. It requires work for all of us. And you might be saying, but whoa. What are you saying? The only one of those went to work. No, they both went to work. The, the one who had two literally went to work, but the one who had five invested. Now, we need to understand that what he did was he mentally went to work. He put his capacity to work because he had grown in his understanding and management of resources to where he knew how to invest. And because he had a greater responsibility, he was able to produce a greater opportunity because he went to work. More is always going to come with more responsibility, with more responsibility. It's always going to come with more responsibility. We see this in this passage. Do you notice what Jesus said? I might lean into this a little bit later, but I just want to take a moment right now and just share. Jesus didn't say, you will get more money. He said, well done and good faithful servant. You know, you're, you were faithful with two. Now I'm going to give you 10. I'm just going to give you 10 monies, right? He didn't say that. Not 10 talents. I'm not giving you more. He said, you, you will be trusted with more responsibility. With more responsibility. Being faithful with a little allows us to step into a place where we can be faithful with more. And that more is always going to be more responsibility. See, the, the more that we experience in God with God is always an opportunity to be a little bit more faithful. Think about that to be a little bit more faith. We have to put a little bit more work, a little bit more effort. And some of us want want more, but really we're not even doing the work it takes to manage and be faithful with the little we have now. So that's why faithfulness starts now. There's another story Jesus told in in Luke chapter 12. It's, It's about a man who experienced more. This guy was a farmer, and and he experienced a bumper crop. It was one of those seasons where the harvest was bigger than they could have imagined. And so all of a sudden, there's, there's just all of these resources coming in from the harvest, just from every direction. We're just getting, and all of a sudden, they're, they're starting to realize that the barns they have can't hold the harvest. And so the farmer makes this decision. Okay, tear down the barns we have, build bigger barns. We're going to store all this stuff. He's experienced more, but he chooses to hold on to it. All right, think about that scarcity mindset, that we only have what we have, which keeps us from being what? Being like God and being generous. So he, he builds bigger barns so that he can keep what he has. And in Luke 12, verse 19, God responds to him in this parable as Jesus talks. God says this. Actually, this is what the man says. He says, I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now, take it easy. Now, remember, I said faithfulness takes work. What did he just said? He said, I've experienced more, so what can I do because of that? I can take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, 
you will die this very night. Then who will get everything that you worked for? Then Jesus responded. This is Jesus talking to the crowd that he's teaching through this parable. Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. The second thing that we need to do if we're going to level up the rewards that we have with God is we need to realize that greater rewards come with greater responsibility. Greater rewards come with greater responsibility. Some of us want the more that God has for us, but in many ways, we're not being faithful with the more that we've been given right now. We prayed to get to where we are, and then we got to where we are, and somehow we felt like that man, that we could just kind of rest and take it easy. You know what? Think about the fact today that some of us need to step into a reality of, of saying, God, help me to elevate. Help me to elevate what's going on. Help me to elevate my faithfulness, the amount of work that I'm really. So, so think about this question. Do you really want to level up? Do you really want to? Do you really want to level up? Do you want to do the work? Do you want to be faithful? See, too often, we want the benefits without the responsibility. Too often, we want the benefits without the responsibility. Think about this. Like, we got a lot of pregnant women in our church right now. I've been around a lot of women who are pregnant. I have, especially with first kids. I've never heard a woman say, you know what? I'm so excited about waking up at 3 in the morning to feed and change diapers. I've never heard uh, an expecting mom say, man, I can't wait to get mastitis. I just can't wait for that. I've never heard that kind of stuff. You know what I hear? I hear expecting mom to man, I can't wait to hold her. I can't wait to look in his eyes. I can't wait to see how my husband interacts with him. Well, you see, the reward always comes with responsibility. The reward always comes with responsibility. It's important. It's important to know that God begins to give us more. More is always going to be more responsibility. Now let's go back to the story of, of the parable of the talents that Jesus told in Matthew 25. You remember the, the, the first one who's given one talent. That, that one, when he's given one talent, he returns back to the master and says, here's the one. You know, I, I took it and I hid it. I, I knew you're kind of, you're kind of harsh as, as a leader. Sometimes I, I was afraid that I might lose what you gave me, so I hid it so that I would have it today. And in Matthew 25, verse 26, this is how the master responds. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. Take this money from this servant and give it to the one with 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. And they will have in abundance. But from those who do nothing, those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. I want you to think about what happened. When the master 
delivered those resources into your hands, into the hands of, of those people, in the, in the, these servants, okay? When he delivered those resources into their hands, he was expecting them to manage it, not to keep it. Managing resources means, hey, you know what? We got we to gotta take this and do something with it. It's not meant to just sit around. And so what did the one who was only given one, he, he, he took it and instead of managing, he hid it. And our, our perspective as we look at that, that's not terrible. I mean, he was, he was doing something that ensured that the master would get what he had invested back. But what he did is he took a gift and he hijacked it for his own purposes. The master gave it to him with specific instructions, and he did what he wanted to do with it. So if we want to level up our experience with the rewards that God has for us, number three, we need to surrender to God's purpose. Not your purpose, not what you believe God wants to do, but what God has said he wants to do through you. Too many times, we take up and we try to say, this is what I believe God, I, and, and we say, this is, what I, this is what I want. God, bless it. Bless my, bless my race. Bless my goal. Bless my intentions. And they're not bad things, but, but it, is, it, is it really the race that God marked out for you to run? Is it what the Bible commends in you? See, some of us are confused about that. See, it's impossible to receive God's crown when you're running your own race. You can't receive what only God can give you when you're trying to do your own thing. And today, I just want to remind some of you that one of the rewards of a right relationship with God is that we live in peace. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. Man, he is. And though the times may be troubled and our circumstances are challenged in the middle of those seasons, when we're living with that relationship with God that allows us to anchor into him, we can have peace. We can. It is a promise for us. You know, today, maybe you're at home. You're like, you know what? That's me. That's me. I've been, I've been living for my, for my own reward. I've been trying to run my own race. I've been saying, God, would you give me that? Would you bless me with that? God, here's what I'm going to do. Would you bless it? That's not running God's race. It's not. Sometimes running God's race means, God, I know you told me to do it. I have no idea how it's going to work out. I have no idea. I know you told me to walk over and check on my neighbor. They might slam the door in my face. But I'm going to do it anyway. God, I know you told me to reach out to that friend that I haven't seen in a few years and just, just check on them. Make sure they're okay. I'm a, little, I'm a little insecure with that, God. But I'm going to do it anyway. 
I'm going to do it anyway because I trust you. See, sometimes we can get in this thing where we're just like, I'm trying to do my own thing, and it's not bad stuff. It's not bad. But we can get caught in that, that, that routine of trying to do a bunch of good things that aren't God things that God never directed you to do. And we can lose the moment that we're in. we got to choose to be faithful right now. And what happens when we're faithful? God trusts us with more. With more. There's more peace for you in this season. Maybe some of us right now, what's happening in this world around us is giving us an opportunity to embed our peace into the heart of God, not into our circumstances, not into the things that are swelling and rising around us, but simply into the truth that God's got you. He's got, he has got you in his hands. He is taking care of you. He is molding and shaping you in this seat. And maybe for some of us, the greatest opportunity that lies in this moment right now is for us to finally say, you know what, God, you got this. You got it. And I know you got me. Maybe for some of us, this is the time that we reach out for the first time ever. We know that God designed us to live in community. And we've kind of we've kind of been, been good with our routine. It's been going to work, coming home, going, and, and all of a sudden, because our routine is disrupted, God's been putting into your heart, you know what, you need to reach out to that person. You need to lean into that relationship. Be faithful with a little. Be faithful with a little. God's got more. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been a production of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information on our church, we encourage you to visit us online at vortexchurch.com.